Blog Talk Radio. training. So hello, Coop. Hello, Jacqueline. Great to be back. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we are, uh, we, even as we prep for the show, we, we get into these great conversations. So um, I know we always have a, a lot to share with our audience. And I'm excited with our last episode, those uh, callers who called in and joined us, such as Alisa Hauser, who uh, here uh, a, a very uh, upstanding business analyst in the Atlanta community. Um, and I see some of uh, familiar numbers and names already joining us on the line. So glad you could join us for this noon episode. We tried to, to situate that right there during your lunch hour and uh, because so many people gave us feedback and hated that they missed the live show last time. Uh, so we, we're, we're adjusting and working out the kinks and so excited, first of all, to, to have this series, to have Coop, and to have all of you join us. So we uh, are setting it up and opening up the mics and, and want to find out what you want to talk about. Um, we welcome our business analyst community, um, our business analysts on Twitter. We welcome business consultants, um, many of my business coaches uh, from throughout Atlanta and the Pink Tech Network including uh, Felicia Phillips of the, the Pink Mogul. So I want to give a shout-out to hello to, to her and all the, the group, including Sean Thomas, who was the creator of the Technology Expresso app, which you need to check out. And uh, so those are just a few of the names, and I, I'll give a few more shout-outs as well. But, oh, must say, you know, hello David Blackman is with us, and you have to check out. He's got a special holiday treat for you on the website, technologyexpresso.com. I want to say hello to Javon uh, Grant, who is, uh, you may hear her voice. If you would like to talk on today's show, you press 1 on your uh, phone pad, and she'll check in with you and put you in the queue to ask Coop or I a question or, or to make a comment on anything we say this week or last week. So thank you, Javon, for all your help. And I want to say hello to Anisha uh, Mohammed, who, thanks to her, uh, we keep our social media fresh, our Twitter postings, our Instagram, our WordPress. Um, and you can get a recap of our first episode with Coop. Uh, Tanisha transcribed that for us, and that's available as well and uh, for you to share, or you can listen to our archives online. 
So that's just a, a, a few of my uh, just shout-outs and administrative things. Um, Coop, let me give you a chance. Are there, is there anyone you want to shout-out to? Yeah, I just want to say this is so cool. I think Rush Limbaugh got to be worried here, man. We got a serious crew working, and the Technology Expresso Radio is going to take off. So this is awesome. Um, as far as shout-outs, you know, I want to – I could thank Kaylee – Abernathy, our marketing director, she's helped a lot um, on our side behind the scenes as well. Um, another guy, and he's out in New Zealand, I'll give a shout-out to Blair Loveday, who I was on a, a big tour this year talking about design thinking and critical thinking. We actually had a good talk yesterday, so um, I'm sure some of the things Blair and I talked about yesterday will make our way into the show today. So just great to be here. Thank you. Excellent, excellent. And just uh, one more thing for our listeners and followers. You can also follow us on Twitter, and our hashtag today is BizTechLiveChat, and that's B-I-Z, Tech, T-E-C-H, Live, L-I-V-E, Chat, C-H-A-T, if you just follow BizTechLiveChat, and if you have a question or comment, uh, we'll either respond to it during the show and or we'll uh, catch up with you after the show as well. And, again, if you'd like to uh, talk and, and contribute or have a question or comment during the show, you just press 1, and uh, Javon will make sure that you get in the queue. So very excited about that as well. And, lastly, if you want to also stay in touch with Coop, he's on Twitter. His handle is at K-U-P-E, that's at K-U-P-E. He, he goes by one name. That's, you know, that's how big he is in the <laughs> industry. So, you know, you know you've made it when you can just go Coop and everybody knows your name. So, <laughs> uh, I just and, I grew up loving Madonna, so that was my, uh, you know, one day I'd be somewhat <laughs> like Madonna. So. <laughs> exactly. You couldn't take on her hairstyle. So you you, did, you went for no. the one name thing, yeah. That's <laughs> Understandable. Right. Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, nobody's going to be wearing clothes like me either. So, right, <laughs> one of a kind. And you can follow me um, at Requirements Pro uh, on Twitter as well. So, so that's all of our administrative stuff. So we're ready to jump in. And you know, it's toward the end of the year. And want our listeners to know um, we're going to continue this next year. We're um, our schedule. We're going to sh- um, be scheduling every other Tuesday um, at noon. We're going to try to keep this noon time slot. It seems to get a lot of good feedback. So continue to look for us, and you can again follow Technology Expresso and even get uh, text reminders of any show updates or changes. Uh, throughout the year, but you will be able to to chat and continue this conversation. And so let me start off kind of our our topic uh, today, um, which is, you know, it's the end of the year. So, you know, want to talk about some of your observations. Uh, Coop, I'll let you you start off. And also what you think is going to be uh, hot and and what's important for business analysts to, to be aware of and on top of because, you know, we, both B2T and Technology Express, we always talk about, you know, continuing education. It never stops it's in business and technology. So what is what are some of your observations for the, the end of the year and going into the new year, Coop? 
No, great. I think there's there's three main things that I've been thinking about um, over the last month um, in in the space that we play in. One, you know, agile obviously is is a big thing, but I think um, teams now for for years and years, and I think more companies are actually diving into agile principles and agile methodologies for how they're they're building stuff these days and and trying to get the agile mindset. But I think um, the way teams have been formed, they've, you know, using coaching to help their teams. And uh, I think teams are now, and it started happening towards the end of 2015 and really I think going to take off in 2016 where people or teams realize they need more than just a coach. They need kind of a coaching team. Um, and, I, you know, I, the analogy I like to use is a sports analogy. So if you're familiar with American football, you, know, you have your head coach and then you have your specialty coaches. There's an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and so on. And I think teams in the agile space have used agile, uh, like head coaches, right? They set up the team, got the team together, have overall philosophies of how the teams are going to work. But now I think companies are realizing they're all the coaches don't necessarily have deep depth in or breadth in certain areas like product ownership and analysis, testing, and maybe even on the technical side. So I think teams are going to start to reach out and look for those specialty coaches um, and look for a deeper dive in analysis and product and so on. So I think that's kind of the next wave in the, the agile space where specialty coaches are going to start popping up. So the analysis coach can be like the – the offensive coordinator and the testing is the defensive coordinator and technology, maybe, you know, the special teams coach, et cetera. Um, the second thing, and we've talked a little about this um, on the last call was the soft skills are finally starting to get some love. Um, so for so long in so many different industries and especially in, in the analysis industry, like the technical skills and the way I talk about the technical skills were, you know, like workflow diagrams and, you know, all the different techniques that people need to be in the job. And I think finally um, I'm starting to hear more and more people realize they need to focus more and get more training, get more knowledge, and get more skills in the softer type of skills. And um, I don't know if a lot of the callers know, but I'm a, a trained improv actor. Um, so a lot of what I like to talk about is how to use improv skills to be a better collaborator, team player, communicator. And more people, non-improv people out there, are starting to talk about using improv skills on their team. So that, to me, is a sign that the softer skills are getting getting more play. In addition, in September, I went to a Gartner conference, and one of the, the analysts said um, that, you know, one of the key, he listed five skills, and I can't remember all five of them, but one I know for sure was the knowledge worker of today is going to have to be focused on user research. And what he was, he went in, you know, further to say, like, we have to be better anthropologists and sociologists and uh, psychologists to, to work with all the people that we deal with day in and day out. And, you know, being an anthropologist is like understanding the culture of your customer base um, not just who they are and just don't just have a persona like, you know, someone, you know, a buyer, you know, a mother of three, um, but go deeper into the culture and the whole area of of the people that we deal with day in, day out. So I think specifically in the analysis space, you have to be 
you know, have to have that user research mentality because you're dealing with people day in, day out. Um, and then the third, um, and I said this on our, our pre-show call, that I really think design thinking is the new agile. So, you know, similar to that show, like Orange is the New Black, um, I think design thinking is the new agile. Agile has been the focus for many companies um, over the years, and it's been the hot topic, the big buzzword, but I think it's going to lose its top spot to design thinking. I keep seeing more and more companies um, putting in place design-type uh, organizations or design departments, um, and the same Gartner uh, uh, analyst, was he did a talk on design thinking at this conference and actually said, if you're sending your um, son or daughter to college, have them get a design degree. That is going to be, if you're looking for the future and where jobs are in the future, design is an area to look at. Um, and the beauty of that, I think, if you look at the techniques and the skills of designers, and, and I'm not necessarily talking about UX design, um, I'm talking about that pre-project, how do you kind of define ideas and come up with programs and projects. Um, the the skills that are used there are very similar to ones that people have been using in the analysis community. So there's there's more to learn, and there's adapting kind of your skills a little, but um, it's not a huge leap. So that's my those are my top three for the year. Awesome, awesome. So I, I'm going to play BA here, and I want to dissect some of these because those are they're all excellent. That's all I got, Jacqueline. Don't don't ask me any questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't believe that. <laughs> um, but, but you know, with with let's start with agile, for example. And and you know, sometimes I like to give um, our different audience different um, background and, and perspective. But you know, in in my perspective, you know, Agile, I, I first got introduced to Agile, it was close to eight years ago, maybe about the time I got mm -hmm. introduced to BPT, huh. but, you know, early on I kind of formed, there's like a big A and there's a, a small A, Agile, and big A, now, you know, one of the disclaimers, Agile is not a methodology, so either way, it's somewhat of a mindset, and I even tell people it's almost like a culture change from for especially right. environments that have been waterfalls. And, you know, along what you're saying, and, and I, I love the um, analogy about the coaching and the different um, types of coaches that you need because you're not just going to a new methodology. When people have that mindset, a methodology, you come up and here's the roadmap and here's what you're supposed to do, the do's and the don'ts and the standard right. operating procedures right. and the templates. Agile has all this flexibility around the methodology, how you apply it. Um, and with that said, then there's also a lot of different ways to get in trouble too. <laughs> if, you, if you really aren't kind of understanding what the intentions of some of the, the different uh, techniques are and, and what different combinations should work to, and work best together, but based right. on a lot of different factors. So a lot goes into to Agile and it's much different from a methodology. So I can see where you said the, the coaching is needed. So I'm, a, I'm excited about that because I think some people want to take an agile class and they want to get a scrum master certificate and then they think they're, you know, ready for the world. And um, right, agile will right. sometimes, you know, 
throw you throw you a few curveballs. And it's you know, Agile itself, um, which as you know is near and dear to my heart, is a continuous process improvement. And when, when right. what really kind of scares me is when people said, Well, we went agile last year and then, you know, they talk about different challenges they're having and then they say I said, Well, do you go over this in your retrospect? And they go, Oh, we don't do that <laughs> Right. So I, I I'm like, Agile's not something that it's not it's not turnkey. So, you know, how you how you transition to it and then how you also continue that that process improvement and, and look for the different cues to adjust. I think the whole coaching concept. You know, you you actually have you and I have talked about this that and I think you're actually working on a presentation around it that, you know, the hybrid like people People say, you know, in the community, it's like we, we're waterfall, we're agile, or we're we're some kind of hybrid. Like, and to me, they're they're viewing like agile is a one size fits all. Like, you're either you're doing Scrum or you're not, um, and that means you're agile or you're not agile. And I think, to me, more companies are agile in the sense of a mindset of when they talk about that they're doing a hybrid of stuff. Um, and to me, that's what agile is it's picking the best pieces that make sense for your team and where you're at and to be most effective um and being able to try different things and quickly learn you know if something's not working change it don't do it because it just says it's in the process right i mean i've talked to some teams that are you know they'll claim we are full-on agile and they don't have daily stand-ups right so and some yeah. people would say, oh, wait, if you don't do a daily stand-up, you're not agile. No, that, that's not – they don't need it, right? For their size team um, and how they communicate, they're, you know, they're constantly communicating. So they don't need to do a stand-up every day. Um, so um, I, th- I think to your point, it's Donald, another – you know, someone we work with has – I think he was the one I heard it from. I don't know if he coined this, but he's, he always says, this is, this is just what we do. It's not agile versus waterfall. It's just the new way of teams operating together and thinking about how should our team kind of form and do things the best way we can and pulling from multiple resources to determine how to move forward. Right. No, absolutely, absolutely. You're right. I think agile in the end, you know, one of the primary measurements is just a well-performing team and, and right. you know whether it's improving communications and that interaction, or being self-governing, I think those are you know those are the the, the keys. And sometimes it's so important to to revisit. You know, I, I just was talking with a a group, and some of them had been doing agile as well, eight to six years. And you know, one of the things we did in in, in kicking off uh, our time together was go over the agile manifesto. And you could just see in the room, it's like. Oh yeah, we you know they they I think they started even thinking, you know, we kind of got away from this or we forgot about this or you know that is it is very simplistic that agile manifesto. And and I said, you know, it would be great, you know, with the new year 2016, sit down with your teams and just spend a little bit time with that agile manifesto and and revisit what was really the essence, you know, what was, was the spirit of it. And um, that can be very powerful in renewing teams and kind of doing a great beginning of the year reset because, you know, I, I, so that was my recommendation to them. 
Yeah, that's yeah. great. Let me, you know what? I, speaking of which, and and let me share with my our audiences as they're jumping in. Um, thank you for spending your your lunch hour and afternoon with us. So uh, welcome everyone. And um, you know we're talking with Coop of B2T Training. Uh, we're talking about a range of things. He's given us his top three list of things uh, as we wind down 2015 and going to 2016. Things that we think are hot, and, and I'm kind of dissecting them. And this first one we're talking about is agile, and we're going to talk um, also about design thinking, and also about the uh, new appreciation of soft skills. So I can't, I can't wait to get to those as well. Anyone on the phone, if you would like to uh, share uh, your thoughts, uh, if you agree or want to add something to the list, or, or uh, want to change the order. Feel free, just press one on your phone, and uh, we'll get you in our calling queue. Um, but but let me say one, let me ask you one thing uh, before I jump off of agile because actually a, a, a student asked this, and I have my thoughts on it, but I'd be very interested in yours or even someone from our audience if they had thoughts. But the question was, um, who as far as scrum masters, we know um, that the scrum master role that is kind of one of the ways I like to explain it as the guardian of the team, guardian of kind of the agile um, manifesto and, and the spirit of what's going there, and also just empowering the team and, and, and being the guardian and the coach, you know, to some extent of the, the team. And someone asked, in, coming from a traditional environment, waterfall, where you have PMs going into agile, who makes good uh, uh, scrum masters? Can PMs? Be, make good scrum masters? Can BAs make good scrum masters? So I just, that, that was the question, and just be curious on uh, your thoughts. Yeah, I think all of the above. I mean, I even worked on teams where I actually thought like our tech lead was the best person to, to lead the team. So I think it's really a tune or an approach that people take, right? If they if they're taking the collaborative approach, then I think it makes sense. If they're leaving it up to the team to help make decisions, then it, it could be anybody. Um, I think if you have project managers, and, and I'm going to pick on project managers per se, just because um, they're they're the ones typically that fall into this role. But if you are more of a like command and control type project manager it might be real difficult for you to to take on the scrum master role because the goal is not to kind of direct people and tell them what to do, right? It's to, to help the team move forward and get rid of roadblocks and do that. And a lot of project managers and a lot of BAs and a lot of tech leads, that's how they approach pre, you know, pre the word agile, that's how they approach projects anyway. So, so to me, if you're a project manager that wasn't the overall command control type PM, then you're you're a perfect person to probably be a scrum master because you probably have been acting that way um, in the past. You know, when I was a PM for projects, I mean that, and I wrote a blog years ago about my first agile project, and it was prior to the um, the agile manifesto coming out because. I mean, not that we did, you know, we did, it was primarily an iterative approach. So it wasn't agile in the sense um, that you hear today, but um, we just didn't have like technology infrastructures to be able to push and code up at that speed. So 
Um, but the way we approached, I approached the project, we were clear on our objectives and the goals of the initiative, and then we listed out, okay, how are we going to get this thing done? And we, you know, all titles were left at the door, and we just came together as a team and decided, okay, these are the tasks that have to be done. Who's the best person to do it? And let's see how we can make this happen. And, you know, we were meeting on, uh, you know, every other day, weekly basis, depending on the need and talking about where we were and, and what we needed to do. But um, so so I think there's a lot of PMs out there that are acting in this fashion to begin with. So it's a perfect spot for them. So I think it's more back to that, more of that attitude, how you like to lead projects and in your role on projects. If you're more command and control and or expecting command and control from somebody, then you'll you'll struggle a little. Absolutely, absolutely, excellent, excellent um, uh, way of response, and, and I, I like your your points. You know, I, I will say, and I thought that this was a, a good point. This actually came from um, a student, and one of the things they said is that what they found in their environment that was going through a, a transition is that um, they were sending people to Scrum training, but the organization when they returned was still kind of I guess you would say rewarding and, and their recognition was still the tradition that was back to the project management kind of uh, reward and recognition type behaviors. And so you're, you're yep. absolutely right, especially if that environment had a command and control. So it's not that the people weren't or didn't realize that there was a difference, but your environment that you return to, and when we see this a lot, Coop, when you go to training and yep. come back, you need an environment that is conducive for you to apply some of these these new uh, concepts, so to speak. Yeah, I think the one, you know, it's a great point because, you know, if I had an extra few hours a week, um, I would try to spend time on this. But I think, and hopefully it's starting to happen more, but I think the HR community um, needs a better understanding of how agile teams operate. And I think, the way people get rewarded is the killer to agile, right? If if you're still rewarding people on individual um, tasks and you know, deliverables or completions, then it's going to hurt agile, right? There there needs to be that switch of performance being less based on your individual actions, but the results of a team. And if you do that, right? If you have results based on team output, then all of a sudden um, that's where the focus becomes and not on, oh, I want to be the one that gets the um, reward or gets the recognition for us doing things. And, you know, I, I wrote something about a team I'm on in a nonprofit organization, and I think it's like the best team in the world. Um and the reason is we like there's no egos on the team. None of us have a title. Um, we're we have clear understanding of what the goal is, and then people just step up depending on um, their skills and their abilities. Um, and so it's a great team, and we're all, you know, and we're getting great as a group. We're getting great recognition from the rest of the organization about how we're acting and and how we're um, getting getting to the goal. Now, there is some personal recognition, right? We all do certain things, so people get pats on backs and, hey, great job with that. But overall, our 
our mission is for the goal of the team. And, and I think a big a big difference between that team and, you know, the teams that we were on in at work is, you know, nobody's looking for a promotion and nobody's looking for a raise. Um, no one's worried about losing their job if there are cuts, you know. So so we have none of that baggage, right? Um, and, and I think that's it's, – it's a hard thing for people to um, – go sometimes to this team-based approach when for so long the, the attitude has been, what are you doing? And, you know, self-recognition and self-fulfillment and all that. So no. hopefully no, that, that makes sense. Yeah. No, a- absolutely. And, 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 and like you said, I, I've seen it go both ways because I have had uh, previous students say, well, how do I get my individual recognition um one one organization that i've that i recall is that when they kind of made the the shift because a lot of people sometimes especially when you're working under like you said command and control you kind of feel like um your career or job even is in the hands of the pm if you don't make a deadline or if you don't you know so so that's that's your mindset they uh, switched it where they went to 360 reviews. So everybody had kind of equal feedback. And so you knew that it's not one person, it's, it's the group. And so people got recognition when they went above and beyond where it helped bring the, the team together or where it, you know, pulling that, that extra in order for, you know, taking one for the team, I guess, would be the one way right. to, to say, it, you know, so – it's still tied to the team, but you've got individual recognition for going above and beyond the call of duty or doing something for the team. And so the team got to vote on individual recognition, and they would, right. you know, uh, move it um, around. And um, I thought that that was, that was really – that's a, a concrete example, I think, that you can make that shift, and you still are promoting that team spirit, and you still are – Acknowledging individuals for their for their contribution. So um, right, yeah, yeah, and I, I yeah. don't. It's not easy. I, I mean, I'll admit it's it's the stuff isn't easy um, because you know we've all been on projects in school and in other things, and sometimes there's people that pull more weight than others, and you start to get a little frustrated. And you have to have hard, you know, crucial conversations um, with your teammates, right? If things aren't going well, I mean. Everybody as a leader, um, so and this goes to everyone, um, no matter what they're in. You know, if they're a small business owner or they're you know on a team, and no matter what their role is, um, you have to have those crucial conversations and not be afraid to step out there and say, "Wait, time out. Something is not right. Um, how do we correct it?" Um, and that might mean right. Um, either people decide through attrition, they're like, "You know what? This team's not for me." Um, that's not how I want to work or, um, or corrections are made. Right. And you can have a good conversation and be like, Oh, okay. I realize now what I'm doing and how it's impact team. I'm going to change my approach. Um, but those conversations have to happen. And I think in the past, you know, it, it, there was more and maybe still it's currently, but more people go like to their manager and say, you know, let's say, if, you know, I'll just use word like David's our manager, Jacqueline, and you and I weren't getting along. And 
I would go to David and say, hey, David, you know, I'm really having a problem with Jacqueline. She does X, Y, and Z. And then David would go to Jacqueline and say, okay, here's what's going on with the team. You know, Jacqueline, can you change? Okay, and then come back to me and give me feedback. Um, and I'm sure a lot of that still goes on. But I think if you really want to be a high-performing team, you're going to have with each other be open enough and trust each other to have these conversations. And not that it's personal, but that it's for the best thing for the team and how do we move forward. Exactly. No, absolutely. No, good good points. So um, so let me just tie in our, our audience as well. This is uh, Coop and Jacqueline um, from Technology Expresso and Coop from B2T Training um, here, and we're, we're going through the end-of-year list and those things that uh, are hot topics for 2016, things that we see that are, are going to carry over into 2016. And as you think about your continued professional development and uh, your career in general in IT business analysis or for those starting out their career, because we do have our, our, our audience of college students and uh, recent graduates and interns, so hello to all of them as well. Um, we're going to be sharing with you further insights and uh, thoughts about the industry. So as we know, Agile is, uh, if you're not familiar with it and want to pursue it more, definitely, you know, do some individual, independent research, um, and also visit B2Ttraining.com's website. I did get a, a question um, it, whether B2T had public classes or had individual seats. So um, thank you for that question. And I wanted to say, and, and of course, Coop can elaborate more than I can, um, but Yes, they, we do have public classes. Coop, would you like to elaborate on that one? Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, you teach a lot of those. So, um, uh, the yes, we have public open enrollment classes as well as um, um, on-site private classes that we do. Uh, we also have webinars that we have on demand that you can download and watch. Um, and in 2016, we're um, looking to kind of a video series as well that will coincide. I mean, it's going to be kind of the blended learning type approach uh, will coincide with some of our classes, but you'll also be able to um, subscribe to things. So that's kind of what's on the horizon uh, for B2T starting next year. Awesome. So so thank you for, for that question. Um, and continue. Don't, don't think if, if you press 1, and want to be in our call of queue, we won't harass you. It's up to you whether you'd like to <laughs> leave a, a comment. <laughs> you know, you don't have to be shy. Um, I think usually we, we we warm them up, and then in the last 10 minutes, then they really like to uh, <laughs> hit us with the questions. Right, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so get your questions yeah, no, in I mean, early. Jacqueline, Jacqueline and I, we, we could talk about this for forever. I mean, that's part of doing the show, but we also – want to hear from you and know, you know, are we hitting the mark for you as well? Um, you know, we don't have like a Nielsen rating to see um, who's staying on our show and not that kind of thing. So um, any feedback we can get so that we're we're hitting the mark for you and helping you be better in what you do, um, that's, that's the goal. Yeah. And, you know, people, you know, definitely you can also tweet. You can use the hashtag um, BizTechLiveChat. Because I, I would like to get a pulse if people find themselves, uh, is their environment agile? Is it still more waterfall? 
Is it is it hybrid? So um, tell us what what type of environment you're in right now. And uh, definitely, if you got some challenges or some triumphs, um, that all of that is this is about shared knowledge that that tribal knowledge. Um, and sometimes it's nice to go outside of the company to get uh, different perspectives. So um, so definitely a give and take. You know, let me let right. me transition. Uh, let me. What I want to do is transition a little bit because as we're talking about uh, skills and training, let's talk about soft skills. That was something that you brought up. And the other thing, um, you talked about the knowledge worker. So, um, uh-huh. you know, I, I have two questions about that because one of the things when I think of soft skills in my mind, something near and dear to me um, is critical thinking. And uh, one, one of the, the other people, which I, I think he's on with us live, Derek Brown, uh, also uh, very passionate and, and has been um, talking about critical thinking for some time. But that's one of the soft right. skills uh, that I think is so important. You and I did a did a co-presentation at the IIBA about it. But talk right. about the, the soft skills. Uh, is it critical thinking? What other ones that come to mind? Yeah, when I when I brought that up, um, uh, a big part of it was around, you know, getting to know, um, spending more time and, and really digging deeper into either the people you work with um, and knowing how to influence and, and playing the – or knowing what the political landscape is. Um, so, you know, it's not good enough to know techniques – um, and how to do things if if you can't influence other people and if you can't move and sway people's ideas and mind you know not that you're trying to manipulate but you know everything we do is to help people make decisions and go a certain way so um so if you don't have the ability to know how to to influence a group then you're going to be in trouble and, and you can be you know the best uh you know, you can design workflow diagrams like the best of, you know, or better than anybody, but who really cares if if you're not focusing on what's going to influence people? Um, so understanding, you know, it's like I think people that have a psychology degree or a sociology degree or anthropology degree, I actually met a BA the other day that she's an anthropologist or is a trained anthropologist and now using these skills um, in the BA profession. Um, so it's it's about understanding people and what makes them tick and what motivates them and how to get them engaged in the the initiative that you're working on, right? There's so many things going on in life. Um, how do you get people to to focus on the things that you need them to focus on for whatever you're trying to do? So so that's what I was talking about. You know when you know in some of those softer skills and how do you be a better collaborator? Um, and a better team player, you know, back to all the agile stuff, right? If it's about collaboration, well, how do you be a better collaborator? And that's why, you know, I talk about improv a lot because to me that is the the space for if you're an improv actor and you're not a good collaborator, you're going to be a very bad improv actor. So um, <laughs> that's where I learned a lot of my skills um, in how to collaborate and be open to ideas and um, accept other people's ideas. Like one of the, you know, one of the key skills in improv is never deny. 
Uh, not it's not a skill; it's a, a rule, really. Like you never deny because improv is about um, getting. You know, when we're acting, it's about getting information from the audience and then starting a scene. And there's no scripts, right? So, and and to me, that's life. We don't have scripts in life. Um, and then as you're building that scene, somebody says something or does something, you have to react to that and not, you know, deny them in their idea. The the view is that it's reality to them, so you have to go with it and see what happens. Mm. Um, so in life, so we play this game called Yes And, and you have to um, take what somebody says, say yes, and then add on to the conversation and see where life takes you. Well, you know, when you're on a team, you know, and the opposite of yes and is yes but, right? And and what's yes but? That's a denial. Um, it's building somebody up that you heard them, but then you're coming up with another idea, right? It's like, yeah, I heard you, but really the way we have to do it is this way. And, and if you keep using yes but and you keep denying people in, in your talk and how you act, then they're going to stop giving ideas and they're not going to want to talk to you. They're not going to want to collaborate with you, right? And we've all had those managers that um, are the yes, but managers. They'll say, come to me with ideas. I have an open door. Let's, you know, let's do this together. And then you come to them with an idea and they're like, yeah, but we tried that last year and it didn't work. And yeah, Mm. but we can't do that because we don't have enough money. Um, Yeah, but, we don't have the resources to make that happen. Um, so, and, and what happens when someone keeps saying, yeah, but then you're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to, I'm through being, uh, you know, that, that collaborator with you. It's not worth it. Just tell me what you want to do and I'll just do it. Um, so it kills collaboration. doesn't help. Um, you know, and I think, you know, Jacqueline, you and I live in the South. So, you know, you always hear that, that comment, bless your heart. Um, and that, you know, it sounds really good, right? When I first heard it, when I moved to the South, I was like, some, I did something and someone would say, oh, bless your heart. And I'm like, oh man, they just blessed me. That's so, so beautiful. (laughs) But really what they're saying is like, oh, poor Coop, you know, your, your mom must've dropped you on your head a few too many times. You have problems. Um, so you can't have, you know, so it's teaching people how to keep an open mind, keep conversations moving forward, um, keeping people in the mode where they want to collaborate with you and enjoy working with you rather than, than not. Um, and I think a lot of people, because we're in such a rush um, in today's environment, um, somebody has an idea and to, to others it might seem crazy. So they're, they just jump in and like, oh, yeah, 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 but we'll, we're going to get to that later. Let's, let's not even think about that. Let's just do this. And they, they don't, pause enough to to let those ideas in. So, you know, learning about improv um, helps you get better at accepting ideas and figuring out how to move forward and and have good conversations, real positive conversations. Um, And and if you have this improv mindset, then, man, you're going to be a a killer team player. And that's a good improv artist are like that. Um, so that's why. So I'm trying to bring that applied improv. I don't want to turn people into improv actors. That's not never my goal, but I do want to turn them into people that are great collaborators and people in the improv space are great collaborators. So why not bring that to business? That That is awesome. And, and you know, I, I, I knew that you were in improv, uh, but I've never heard you, you know, dive in as deep 
as you just did. So that now <laughs> it really enlightened me. Um, okay. uh, you know, and, and it's funny. It's like I have um, some friends and colleagues that I've known for years that kind of had that acting um, uh, underpinning, and uh, now it all makes sense that that maybe that right. is the key to a great VA. Uh, that uh, you've got to, to have that aspect where, because I like something you said, and I might not uh, paraphrase it exactly, but, you know, it's their reality, so you've got to go with it. You right. know, it, it, at right. that moment, you know, it, instead of shutting them down, it's like, okay, well, let's follow that line of thinking. And, and you know, if, you know uh, as a matter of fact, I, I was even, you know, I've seen that technique too, and in class I was uh, sharing with some students, it's like before you tell them no or before you tell them they're wrong, tell them what's right about what they've said. You know what I mean? Before you even even think about, because you're spending so much time before they can finish their last syllable, you're already jumping on them. And all of that, like you said, with people's psychology and, and that type of thing and their egos, they're going to shut down, you know, and right. that you're going to lose all of that that communications and, and relationships there. So yeah. that, that was Yeah, and you get the cool. – oh, if I can add on to what you're saying, the you get the um, the eye rolls. You could tell. Like I can sit in a meeting and know when there's going to be problems because you get the eye rolls, you get people like shaking their head and uh, all these different cues that you can tell that's going on. And to your point, when somebody says something, it is their reality. So even if it is – a crazy idea. I tell people that you have to put it back on yourself. Um, so one of the things that you said I do, but um, where I tell people to say, yeah, what I like about what you're saying is X, Y, and Z. Like there's something that you can pull out of what they're saying that is positive, right? So don't go to the complete negative. And the other thing is if they said it to them, it's reality and it's a good idea. So Put it back on yourself to say, well, help me understand how that thought will help us get to our objective in this meeting or objective in a project, whatever it is. Then a lot of times what happens, people are like, oh, you know what? It really doesn't help us. It was just a crazy idea I had. So, so but if you deny somebody and say, hey, that, that is a stupid, crazy idea. Let's not even talk about it. They automatically get defensive. And now, like you said, you're breaking the relationship. You're now you're getting somebody to fight for something that probably wasn't that important to begin with, but you automatically, you know, start this battle rather than putting it back on yourself saying, hey, uh, I just don't understand your idea. Help me under, give me some more information about it. And, and then, and maybe they enlighten you, right? Maybe it is a really good idea and it wasn't this harebrained idea. Um, or they can't even explain why they came up with it and then you move on. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, so true. And um, first of all, I want to welcome some of our new listeners that jumped on. I, I don't, you know, thank you for joining us. I see area code 706. I see, of course, our 678 and 404s, our 919s. Thank you for joining uh, Coop and I uh, on our reoccurring series. And we're talking about you know, going out with the, the new year, some of the, the trends and going into the new year. And, you know, Coop, what we've been talking about and, you know, that, that knowledge worker and working on those soft skills, and I don't know if we'll be able to get to it on this show, but I'm definitely going to put a placeholder 
but it's come up <laughs> with some of my students around the area. And what they'll say is, I'm really introverted. I'm a, I'm a BA. I'm a business analyst. I may know the business area very well, but I'm introverted. And we mm-hmm. may not, you know, I think that's a whole different area, but they kind of, you know, and I feel for them because um, I, I've done research on that and, and understanding um, some people that I've managed in, in the past, trying to understand their point of view. And, um, but they genuinely, and, and it's funny because sometimes they may come across around people that know them as extroverted, but deep down it's, it's, a, it's a struggle for them sometimes. Um, especially mm-hmm. in strange environments. And um, so I think that that's interesting, and, and maybe that's a whole area where we can talk about as a business analyst, yet, you know, like you said, sometimes we do have to have some of those extroverted tendencies and soft skills because, you know, we've got to, you know, we're in the middle of all of that communication and collaboration and bringing people right. together and, and dealing, you know, and sometimes even confronting some things that aren't good for the, the team or the project or present. So there's a lot of extroverted skills, soft skills, but what, what do you do with, with introverted people? So you can tell me if you want to defer it or ha- have, you, have you come across that yourself? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we can jump into it, and if, if we don't have enough time, we can, you know, dedicate a segment to it down the road. But I, I think in the space, you need to be extroverted and introverted. I think, you know, I'm an extroverted um, type person. I, I lean that way. Um, but sometimes I think I need to be introverted where, um, you know, I talk to to come up with my ideas and my thoughts. I talk out loud. You know, I'm, I'm speaking as I'm thinking where introverts, right, um, are thinking. And then when they formulated their thought, they they speak. Um, and so sometimes I probably say things and, and I lead my, a lot of my conversations with, and this is how you and I have our conversations offline, right? It's like, we just start talking and then all of a sudden these thoughts start to form. And, and I'll even say when I'm dealing with people, I was like, I'm just thinking out loud here. These are not like fully fleshed out thoughts yet. So I think extroverts need to share that with people to share that, Hey, I'm an extrovert and this is how I think. So as I'm saying things, don't, you know, don't quote me and, uh, you know, two weeks later say, well, you said this and, and that's what we agreed to um, because we're getting our thoughts out. Um, so extroverts, I think, sometimes need to be like, you know what, give me a second. Let me step back and think before I start talking. So um, and then at the same time, introverts need to at least explain to a group that, hey, um, the way I think is. Uh, leaning more towards an introvert. So I am thinking over here and I am very engaged, but I'm not ready to share my thought yet. I will when I'm ready. So don't, don't think I'm like totally checked out um, of the conversation. I'm very engaged, but I'm just not speaking. And I met someone this weekend that said, we asked him to, you know, you know what's he like and blah, blah, blah. And he, he just came out and said, I'm a professional extrovert, um, meaning that, you know, he, he leans towards introvert and he'd rather be, you know, introverted. And when in a group or having a one-on-one conversation, he's more of the person that sits back, um, get engaged. But he knows because of his role, he has to be that professional extrovert. So um, to your point, like the people you met, they, 
you, you need to know yourself and you need to know your environment. And sometimes, whether you're extrovert or introvert, you have to play those other roles depending on what is necessary. Um, you can't just lean on, well, I'm an extrovert and I'm always going to act like that. Um, that just, that's an immature kind of attitude. And I think it's the same thing for introverts to say, well, I'm an introvert, so deal with it or not. Um, if the the situation calls for you to be extroverted, you have to also act like that sometimes. But, you know, the key is communication and making people aware. Because I've seen with introverts, people, like, get thrown off. They're, we're in a, a meeting and we're having this great conversation and the introverted person is just sitting there. And if you don't know them that well and know that they're introverted, um, you think that they're totally disengaged. Um, and then sometimes people think extroverts are just completely crazy. And, man, do you ever take a breath to, talk, you know, let other people talk. So. <laughs> exactly. No, no. So it's a great point. Both of those are great points. And I know we're going to dive a little bit more in the new year and talking about soft skills and, and I know we might have some extroverts out there, apparently, because they are not pressing one to talk to us today. <laughs> so, Coop and I, we do we do have to take breaths every now and then. So, I'm going to actually take a, a, a breath to to run one of you know from our wonderful sponsor B2P. Run a quick ad. Stay with us, and we're going to uh, you know finish out today's show. Talk about what's coming next for next year and. While you're listening to the promo, you might come up with a question. Um, So stay tuned, and uh, I'll be right back. Don't go away. This episode is sponsored by and features B2Ttraining.com. B2T Training has trained and equipped almost 15,000 of the most successful and high-performing practitioners of business analysis since the year 2000. Our courses are developed and taught by the most respected and highest qualified experts in the industry. We know that transforming the way you and your team perform business analysis is not a one-size-fits-all approach. And we understand that your business analysis practice has unique problems and deserves a unique program offering. Using our holistic approach, we will identify the pain points that will result in the best opportunity for your team or organization to realize the change they're trying to achieve. Change begins with knowledge and skills. Our learning events also include ongoing enrichment and reflective activities that provide students the boost they need to sustain their learning and competency. In other words, we make it stick. Get your business analysis training from the most respected and highest qualified source of experts in the industry. Find out more about our public class offerings in various U.S. locations or call to speak with one of our training solution sales associates toll-free at 866 675 2125. Follow us on social media and visit www.b2ttraining.com. That's B, the number 2, T, training.com and see our full course outlines, blog, and free downloadable resources. We get it. We'll help you get it too. And awesome, awesome. Well, well, thank you. And we're we're back as we're wrapping up this this episode, we've been talking about the hot topics that are going to carry into 2016. If we got it wrong, let us know, and you can uh, talk to us on both Twitter. We are hashtag BizTechLiveChat, so it's B-I-Z Tech Live Chat 
Um, that's our hashtag. You can follow Coop at at K-U-P-E, myself, Jacqueline, um, of Technology Expresso, and uh, I'm online as at Requirements Pro. Um, and so keep the conversation going and help us queue up some new topics for next year. Because one of the ones that we really we haven't had time to dive into as we wrap up was design thinking. And, Coop, as you said, that's going to be um, one that's really gaining traction next year. So um, any any final words that you, you, you want to say or thoughts just to uh, care to leave with them uh, for the uh, new year? Yeah, sure. Um, I think, you know, design thinking at its heart is a creative problem-solving uh, approach. And um, a, a big focus, and this might be different in in other areas, but the big focus is getting the customer lens. Um, is something desirable by the people that, the, you know, the, the end customer is going to interact with somehow and and I think too too often companies think of cool ideas and they think of them in terms of is it viable for our business does it fit in with our business and technically can we do it um, but in the end is it something that the customer is going to want to consume and be good for the customer uh, I mentioned earlier a little bit about like CEO maybe I did maybe I didn't I'll repeat myself then if in case I didn't, but CEOs today, their number one thing is customer experience. Um, and if we think about uh, even how you purchase things and, and how we deal with things, it's all about how a company makes you feel. It's the, the attitude that you have. I mean, why do people spend 5 $6 for a Starbucks coffee? Is it, that, is it really that much better than, you know, something you can get at Dunkin' Donuts or you know, the quick trip or a gas station? Probably not. But there's like a feeling that you get when you walk into a Starbucks shop or an attitude that you have. Same thing with Apple, right? I mean, why do people spend that much more on Apple products? Um, now, I'm a Samsung guy, so I, you know, I have my Samsung phone, so I haven't bought into that. But my kids, you know, it's like they can't believe I have a Samsung phone when they have iPhones. Um, and even though, you know, every test they give me, my, my phone beats my son's iPhone, uh, he still, he still thinks I'm crazy in that, you know, I should get an iPhone. So, um, so it's all about that. And that's what design thinking helps with. And, um, it's an approach to focus on that and how you create projects and ideas that you have and coming up with ideas for what the next thing is. That's what design thinking is. And, uh, I think it really, that's going to be the main focus. Now, where it dovetails great when you get into software development, I mean, it get, it's a great basis for for Agile, right? Um, so now that you have this great idea, you have this thought-out program or project or initiative, now you can implement it using Agile, you know, the Agile mindset and Agile approach to, to get things out the door. Did you lose me, Jacqueline? I don't know if it was. Oh no, well I'm here. I'm uh, here. Uh, um, oh, okay, sorry, sorry. At the... <laughs> no, no. You know, I I was just commenting, going to comment, and you know, we're in that era of innovation, and so that design thinking is goes right in line with that, and. 
so much of even yeah. people who have corporate jobs. Um, it's about um, them having an entrepreneurial mindset, um, even yeah. on their their job. So that's why I can I can completely understand. I can completely understand the design thinking um, around that. So, and I think David wanted to make a, a comment too. So, David, I'm going to open up your mic. Are, are you there, David? Yes, I am. I'm here and I'm listening. I, I decided to listen in as a participant, as a as opposed to a co-host. This is great information. And me <laughs> coming in and listening as a project manager, all of this information, Coop, is really resonating with me. It's really important to understand the roles of my teammates, of my BAs, and my engineering teams as well. So all of this is great information, and I can't agree with you more of the agile mindset that you're speaking of and coming up with solutions in a collaborative um, format. So um, you you're great. Everything is resonating with me and our listening audience. So I didn't have a question. I just wanted to make a statement there. <laughs> well, thank you, David. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, well, Coop, our time is up. So um, I guess this, this week people enjoyed eavesdropping on, you know, one of our uh, brainstorming, <laughs> you know, our extrovert <laughs> mind dump. And, <laughs> <Right>. and, uh, <laughs> but uh, I definitely look forward to um, next year and so many other uh, topics and going to be polling. I'm going to be out there on social media so that we get us a nice backlog of questions and answers because I know, you know, different time zones um, and, you know, different commitments. Not everybody can make it when we're live on the air, but we will read your questions. We will, uh, you know, give you a shout out, and uh, we will acknowledge it. And we want you to, again, share your insight. We may not have it all right. And, you know, that's what I love uh, about um, teaching with B2T and, and our classes is that I learn every time I go in the classroom, uh, whether I'm the, you know, even though I'm kind of facilitating the learning process in those classes. So, you know, thank you, Coop. Thank you, BCT, for all that, uh, your support of Technology Expresso. And, you know, to, to you, to the whole staff at B2T, Tina, Mary, uh, Nelson, Dennis, uh, Kaylee, I don't think I missed anyone, <laughs> and all the instructors. Shane, um, Shane's you know, the other one. Shane, 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 yes, that's the, my man, yeah. yes, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one that um, books you know. your classes, so you better Exactly. Better him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm most definitely, you know, um, happy and safe and healthy holidays to, to everyone. So with that, thank you, uh, Coop, and um, we'll be thank talking you. to you in two weeks. And uh, thank you, Sounds everyone, great. for all your help and support. And that ends another episode of Technology Expresso for 2015, signing off. Thank you, everyone. You've been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Visit our website portal at www.technologyexpresso.com for a full list of broadcast archives, social media handles, and upcoming shows. Keep up with Technology Expresso while on the go by texting the word LAUNCH to 
41411. That's texting the word LAUNCH to 41411. Thanks again, everyone. And remember, listen, learn, leverage, launch. Thank you.